Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Darren Smith and Jimmy Marion. Guys, maybe advances to the second round of the NIT. We'll get into that in a little bit later, but how are y'all doing today on the first day of the NCAA tournament? How, how, are, you, how are your brackets looking? It's like all the way, you know, you got Furman. Um, I think I picked is I think Auburn and um is uh, no, who is it? El- Illinois played Arkansas. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a and I had um of course Princeton, mm-hmm. and I had um who else I had Utah State, and like <laughs> I was like dang if I would have just had the anti bracket of mine I would have probably <laughs> you know I would have been good you know but uh. Hey, days like today is is kind of why I stopped filling out a bracket a couple of years ago. That way I can just sit there and and root. Because if it was the other way around, and I, you know, I want to root for every upset for real. So, you know, I I would always have that like, do I pick the upset which I want to happen, or I think with my brain, and then no matter what I did, I got it wrong anyway. So, <laughs> but they, this is this is another argument, and this is not the podcast topic, but this is another argument, you know, for the expansion. Um, of you know of the tournament like this shows you right here that there's a lot more parity you know um, in college basketball and just a lot more opportunity is needed to be given so if you need evidence just look at everybody's bracket that is a great discussion like and one can argue that the transfer portal has really opened up that to to have the parity um but my bracket's crushed. I had Arizona in the Final Four. So, you know, Ooh. of course, Princeton took them down today. So, yeah, I'm pretty much out. Yeah, my Final Four is um, Houston, San Diego State. Barely won today, yeah. Barely won. I was like, ah, oh, hell, they're going to lose next time. <laughs> San Diego State, um, Memphis, and Bama. I got Memphis knocking off Bama, and I got Houston. Knocking off, so you got this AAC meetup in the championship, and I got Memphis taking it all. So that's my bracket. Let's get crazy. My bracket is already messed up. At least I still got that intact. John, yeah, who do you have in the uh, FAU and is it yeah FAU and Memphis? Who do you have? I picked FAU, and I feel like I'm the only one. Like everyone else that I'm talking to, you know, they picked Memphis, and they have Memphis, you know, going pretty deep. But I. I don't know. I think FAU can cause Memphis some fits, so I, I think FAU can get it done. Memphis got some that game. Memphis got some quality wins against some top-notch opponents. You know what I'm saying? So they got, and it seemed like they kind of got it rolling. They the do. So I was like, I, I think I like this Memphis team, and I wouldn't be surprised if this FAU game was close. Honestly, if FAU had like Missouri or somebody like that, I think FAU would have knocked them off probably by double digits. That's just me, though. <laughs> well, definitely. Well, exciting times for the NCAA tournament still ahead. But we've got the NIT to cover. Um, but before we get started in recapping that Southern Miss win in the first round, we just wanted to plug BlazerVictory.com. If you have not checked out BlazerVictory.com, go there. Articles. I dropped a post-game article after the first round win over Southern Miss. Um, you know, merch. We've got podcast episodes. Anything you can want go to blazervictory.com and check it out and share it with a friend or two but guys let's just go ahead and jump in and you know recapping that southern miss win 
uh, Tuesday night, um, just a couple of days ago. I mean, it was close for a while, but that second half, UAB kind of blew it wide open and kind of stomped Southern Miss. Yeah, 88 to 60 was the final. Um, Jimmy, I, I want to get your thoughts first. Um, what were your thoughts from that game? Yeah, I definitely thought it was a tale of two halves. So when you came out at, at the first and we got out to a 7-2 lead, feeling pretty good, and Southern Miss was able to come back uh, and respond with a nice little run of themselves to get up 17-13. We came back. We made a run. We were up 35-26 at the under four timeout, and I thought, hey, we've got them on the ropes, right? And kudos to Southern Miss. They came right back and ended the half on a 12-6 run. We were only up by three at half, and I was certainly nervous. You know, we talked a little bit in the last podcast about I had concerns about the lag and, you know, the the fact that we didn't play so hot in the conference championship game, the quick turnaround, how would we respond? And so those thoughts were kind of creeping in my head at halftime, you know, hoping that wasn't going to be reality. And to your point, John, uh, you know, the second half was completely different. Uh, you know, in the first half, going back to the first half, UAB turned the ball over 11 times. You know, luckily for us, Southern Miss only or Southern Miss also turned it over 13 times. And for me, one of the big differences in the first half was just Southern Miss's inability to uh, convert off of those turnovers. So we just converted uh, and we're able to get more points off turnovers than them in the first half, which is good. Uh, rebounding wise, you know, we were only out rebounding them by three at the half. And so I thought that was a point of emphasis that we were going to have to correct in the second half. And and luckily we did. So the second half, although Southern Miss got out to like a little lead i think it was 44 41 whatever the score was there uh early in the second uab just curb stomped them to end the game i mean in reality when you look at the stats uh you know we went a huge run there and you know for me um you know you look at some of those specialty stats in the second half uab had 14 points off turnovers compared to southern misses goose egg they had zero uh, you look at points in the paint 24 for uab in the second half compared to two for southern miss that was huge and fast break points, 11 for UAB compared to zero for Southern Miss just in the second half alone. And then after, again, you know, uh, you know that little deficit at half with the rebound, and we just dominated the boards in the second half. So that was huge. And, you know, for me, I'm just excited, you know, to see K.J. Buffett have such a monster game. I know I definitely want to get Darian's thoughts on K.J.'s, you know, big game. And I was happy as well with, you know, L.A. Brewer, who came off the bench, and he hadn't really been necessarily in the rotation here recently. But he was able to come in, and I think he played 24 minutes, 10 points. He had some other stats too, six boards, which is great to see out of that guard position. So, um, and then just to kind of close again, those specialty stats: UAB outscored Southern Miss 50 to 18 points in the paint. You know that was just huge. So, uh, kudos, you know, to, uh, to you know to those guys down the paint for everybody rebounding the ball well and responding and having a tremendous second half. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I thought Muck on um, from UAB um, on Twitter, he had a great response. I was like saying on Twitter, like how this is like in general is just an ugly game. I was like, this is like three A JV hoops. Like when you when it started off in the beginning, I was like, this game on both sides. And then he had the best response to me. It stuck with me. He said, um, this is basically how we started against FAU, except FAU. Uh, Southern Miss is not FAU. So Southern Miss was Southern Miss, so they weren't able to take advantage because we were playing the same way. Fortunately enough, they were playing. They was like, oh, y'all playing like that? Us too. You know what I'm saying? So everybody was – it was very sloppy. It's just – what 
what are we doing basketball for everybody? Like I was getting, and I, I hate Southern Miss, but I, I, I love the game more than I hate Southern Miss. So even I was looking at them like, what are y'all doing? Like, you know, what is this? This is just ugly ball from everybody. Lazy passes. Um, just kind of what are we trying to accomplish on offense? I had no idea what what we were doing. It was like contested mid-range jumper, turnover, basketball. You know, I'm like, ah, this is it. It was hard to watch. Like, as a fan of the game, I think um, I started watching the Succession on HBO. I was like, I'm going to catch a little bit of Succession because I'm getting frustrated. This is how frustrated. I was like, let me just turn because this is ugly. Well, of course, you know, I went back. In the, in the second half, it was great to see us not play like how we played against FAU. We was a lot more sharp. Um, I think we ended the half up by four. It, we kind of got started getting it together. And K.J. Buffin, you know, was the guy. I think K.J.'s finishing ability throughout the year has been up and down. Like, uh, sometimes it can be hard for him to finish through contact. Well, this game... I don't know, man. I, he just had it in him, and he was. I loved it. I love how he finished through contact this game. You know what's been better about him as the year goes on is his corner three, his three point making ability. Period. But to not see him lean on that, just to pump fake, get to the hole, finish strong, finish through um, contests. I think that was the difference in the game. Once he got that going, you can tell. You can see his confidence visually rising. So he was ready to challenge any any big down there and I'm so happy he played that way because we you know of course we're going to talk about uh Moorhead State but they're not a big team I think KJ can eat again I really think Trey Jemison really ate against the team uh, right uh, he, he ate against USM he was able to use his big body and um they were trying to draw charges he was smart enough to kind of jump at an angle jump stop at an angle and be able to just finish strong through contact Southern Miss, they probably had height, but they were not a big team. And so they kind of just didn't have the girth to deal with us down low. So it was because of the big men that we won our game. I'm glad they played with great and nastiness. It was able to allow our guards to settle in. And um, I'm just happy to see how that that should translate over to this Moorhead State game. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, this was something, too. You know, when we spoke with uh, KJ after the game, uh, in the postgame presser, um, he talked about how, you know, he was motivated. And I hadn't even realized that he didn't score at all in the FA in the championship game. Oh, like, he didn't score. He didn't score anything. And so he said, you know, that he was motivated heading in this game. And, you know, of course, KJ playing at Ole Miss before and being from Mississippi, that was an, an extra chip on his shoulder. So I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised with the performance that he had. But my goodness, man, 26 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, you know, go off for a career night. Um, in Barto Arena in front of a home crowd, like, you know, it had to be special for uh, KJ to have that performance. And like Darian, you know, and Jimmy said, you know, they UAB relied heavily on KJ to get that aggressive attack the basket. And that's exactly what he did the whole game. Um, I, he made one three-pointer, but you didn't see him just sitting in the corner, you know, just waiting for that three. No, he was attacking the rim and going after Southern Miss. And, you know, what Darian mentioned, Southern Miss had nobody down low, like nobody could stop Trey Jemison, Javian Davis. Um, I mean, UAB just ate 
inside the paint all night and and got the rebounds. You know, you, you look at the rebounds uh, out. You UAB out rebounded Southern Miss 48 to 32, um, 19 to 11 on the offensive boards. Just second chance points. Uh, just you take away the 19 turnovers that UAB had. Now, granted, 11 of those 19 were in the first like 10 or 15. Like it, it was early on in that game. Um, you take away that, I mean, this would have been an extreme blowout. Like UAB wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been close going to half. UAB would have put them away even earlier. Um, but just overall, good night uh, for UAB. And, you know, you got, if you're a UAB fan, you've got to feel comfortable with seeing how the team played, you know, early on, a little sluggish. Like Darian said, kind of reminded you of that Conference USA Championship game. But they found a way to attack the basket and not just settle for three-point and just crazy jump shots. They attacked the basket, and once they got over their turnover slump, it was, it was all over with. So kudos to Andy Kennedy and Coach Cross and Coach Pierce and the guys. They had a great game plan. Um, and Southern Miss, I know we, we like to crap on Southern Miss, but that was a good team. I mean, they had won, you know, 25 games. Like, I mean, I know they played a different league in the Sun Belt, but, I mean, that was still a good team. And this was a team that UAB took to the woodshed in the second half of that ball game. So, all around, no complaints here other than those early turnovers. Um, just a dominant performance uh, from UAB's bigs inside. Hey, before we transition to the other game, John, my question is, what did you think about the jacket toss? Oh, <laughs> I, I, when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I get why he did it. I mean, he's just trying to spark the team, but I don't know. I it just kind of chuckled when he did it. <laughs> it was so manufactured. Like, it was. Manufactured. <laughs> so, like, when you see something that's manufactured, like, oh, I need to throw the jacket to give my team a spark and get on there to me it's kind of like it's awkward it's kind of cringy because it's like uh because the call that he did it on it wasn't even like bad call. Yeah. it wasn't a bad call like everybody was going on like his own players were going on like as normal like okay and he threw a jacket up like that was so manufactured he was like at the next whistle I am going to do this. I'm like, dude, you had other opportunities to do that if it was genuine. Uh, that's that, that's my take on it. Is, is it a requirement at Southern Miss to where the coaches have to wear suit and tie? I guess I mean, so, because I was wondering why he was wearing that. Yeah. The the football coach wears suit and tie, right? Will what's, uh, uh, what's his name? Will uh Will Hall? It? Yeah, he does. There he you does. go. Yeah, he's out there wearing a suit and tie. I mean, that must just be a part of it in the on the job description, must wear a suit and tie. Unless they try to do it for tradition or something. But, Could be. I mean, they kind of got a tradition of losing, so they probably need <laughs> to switch that up. Oh, no. <laughs> Shots yeah. fired. Shots fired, man. Well, well, another shot fired was waiting on uh, the Southern Miss coach to uh, come to the media room for 15 minutes after AK and KJ were done. So he was – I guess he had a lot to say on his radio broadcast. <laughs> that was uh, that was like 26 or 27 minutes on YouTube. I watched that last night. Of course, heard John in there asking some good questions about resiliency. I heard you in there, my man. Uh, um, yeah. I will say this. Uh, I did like, you know, Jay Ladner. I thought he presented himself really well. And seeing him, you know, yeah. talked about Felipe Hasse uh, was, was really cool. So, And then he told the story about Hasse and raising canes and, and that's the only thing i like about hattiesburg is raising canes i gotta stop through there every time i go 
I do like some raisin canes. <laughs> yeah, so so it just happened to come up, but yeah, I, I had some respect for him, and um, you know, we'll we'll definitely take our shots at Southern Miss. I hope we beat him by, you know, thirty points every time we play him in every sport. But you know, it was it was nice to hear him talk about their senior class and, and their season. So uh, kudos to them for having a good year. And you know, I came close to asking him like, what would be his thoughts on doing a home and home with UAB and basketball in the future but then i was like i don't know if that would be really beneficial for uab um what was like, the question I, I, go ahead john no 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 you good i said what was the question that someone asked that he kind of looked like he it, it was about i guess the end of the season like it was almost like on camera you bad, could see like yeah question. like you could tell he was not happy like during the question you could see his facial expressions like i think i'm going to repeat what i think you meant by that and that that was just awkward so I who I'll, asked no, i'll paraphrase it was somebody with southern miss or, or, um i think it was a student um outlet uh covering him but he he had asked like so so what happened these last three out of five games where you just you straight up lost the games and oh. i'm like like how can you ask yeah. a coach that? Like, he did not like it, man. You could tell he did not. Yeah, like because it. how? Because how are you supposed to answer it? Like, well, we tried to lose those. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to say? It's like, hey, <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. part of the game. What else are you talking about? So I don't know. He he might be new, so maybe you know he'll he'll, he'll learn. <laughs> the reporter will. But guy, uh, I think we can put this to bed. Good win in Bartow, UAB 88-60 to 60 over Southern Miss. Uh, so now UAB will advance to the second round of the NIT, the National Invitation Tournament, where they will take on the Moorhead State Eagles. This game will be Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock in Bartow Arena. Uh, if you cannot make it out to Bartow Arena, the game will tele- be televised again or streamed again on ESPN Plus. If you can't, but we certainly hope you know you can make it out to Bartow Arena. Um, I plan on being there. Um, I mean, this is a. <laughs> you look at the the stats and everything, and Moorhead like they really don't pop off to you. But I mean, but they just took down Clemson at Clemson, which was a number one seed, which. I mean, a lot of people can argue, especially after the Nevada performance against Arizona State you um, last night, that they probably should have been in the NCAA tournament. But Moorhead found a way to win that ball game, And, I mean, this is a team that UAB played, was it last year or two years ago? I feel like it was maybe two years ago. Might have been two years ago, yeah. Um, but out of the Ohio Valley Conference, 22-11 um, and 11 overall. I mean, guys, what Darian first, what, what does anything pop off to you like when you when you see some of the film from that Clemson game? Um, because that's the only game I really got to watch. Uh, and I just watched the highlights of it. Um, I mean, nothing popped off to me. Darian, did did anything surprise you? Well, like, I think from a talent standpoint, you could tell that um, Clemson had more overall talent. Like Clemson got some pretty high flying physical Guys, but Clemson didn't do themselves any favors by shooting 21% from three, going six for 28, you know, and shooting 57% from the free throw, especially late in the game um, when they kind of they couldn't hit their shots. They were really ice cold, but they were ice cold from the free throw line. And I think that gave um, they gave Moorhead enough opportunity. Well, I mean, Moorhead only shot 35% from the field. You know, 21 of 60, that's not good. But 
they shot a living at 33 from the three-point line, and 33% is kind of like average below, but it's way better than 21. And, um, you know, the big thing is they shot 93, basically 94% from the free throw line, hitting 15 out of 16. So I think Clemson just gave Moorhead State too many opportunities, especially late, and they were able to capitalize. Um, their point card, number zero, let me get their name. So this is, this is uh, you know, I was able to watch that full Clemson game and was able to slow down to see what was effective. He is like their Jelly Walker. I believe he was the the player of the year in that conference. Is that the OVC? Yeah, um, OVC. Yeah, so he was the player. He Mark Freeman. They got him listed as a five eleven, one sixty five. The dude is at least five nine, maybe five. Yep. He is not. He is not five eleven. I can tell you that. But um, he he is their creator. He, you know, I went down and looked at his stats for a lot of the games they played earlier this year. He is not the most efficient guy. You know, he's not he's not Tyler Perry from the field, you know, <laughs> but um, he is there. He's the guy that they lean on for their shot creativity, you know, and um, I think they kind of. They kind of live with what they get from him, you know, and um, because he can he can do some stuff off the bounce. Think of Jelly Walker, but just not with the efficiency that Jelly has. That's kind of the best way to put it. I actually think Jelly is bigger and I actually love that. I love this matchup because I, I like Jelly is bigger. Most of the time, we never get to say that. So defensively, that's not going to be. I, I feel like Jelly is a good defensive player for his size. So if he has somebody he can match up with, positional wise, he can hound them. He can use his quickness. Jelly, I, I say it all the time. Like we don't, we don't celebrate his athleticism enough because of his stature. He's very quick and fast, so I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna give Freeman Freeman problems um, going down. And I think it's safe to say too, like Freeman's not gonna back back him down. <laughs> no, like there's no that way that's happening. <laughs> not his game. And uh, like I said, I think Jelly is bigger and stronger. We rarely get to say that, but Jelly, here we are. Look at this. Look at this giant in Jelly Walker, right? Um, the other guard they have is Drew Drew Thelwell. He's the shooting guard. He's one of the other guys they have that can get hot from three. Um, he was one of their only efficient shot makers. Um, you, and you will see him handling the ball some. He is uh, he's like Eric Gaines, you know. Um, but he's a three point shooter. He doesn't. He's not. He's not the same type of player. But you know, Eric is the guy we go to when we want Jelly off the ball. That's uh, number three. You'll see him handling the ball. Number five is the backup point guard. Um, I, he's a player. You know what I'm saying? He's not He's not a big guy when that's special, but I'm, not, I'm just only spending time on the starters. Um, number 15. So between number 15 and number 24, this is why they're a small team. Both of, the, both of those guys are 6'5", maybe 210, you know? We, so if those are your three and four. So we already named out the two guards, one already being the small guard. So now really you got other guys that's like Taven Loving size, and one of them is playing the four position. You know who plays the four position for us? KJ Buffin. This is why I'm like, hey, man, KJ, if he wants to, he can have another game like he did. Um, I see that they kind of deployed the zone. Um, they play zone against Clemson. So um, I can see them trying to do that against us because there is no way 
you know, even their center, they got a good, I, and I believe he's a freshman. Gross now, that, or Gross, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a grad. He's an NAIA guy. Yeah. I think he's in his last year. Oh, never mind. I, I don't know why I got freshman from him then. I'm, I'm they, they have a they have a backup too. I'm not sure what year that guy is, but yeah, I remember them. I remember uh, the announcer early in the Clemson game was talking about Gross, their center, and he said uh, he's not much of an athlete. I don't think he could jump over a phone booth. <laughs> he said yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. And, he, and uh, he went on. To, and he went on to explain what a phone booth was for the audience because he realized <laughs> that like most of the listeners like don't know what a phone booth. And that made me feel old. All right, thank, thank, thank of you know, think of uh, Fiedler from Rice. That was my comp for him. Think of Fiedler, but without he's not the passer that Fiedler is. But right, what right. he has is he has extreme touch. They love to get in. He had and he has good hands. He can catch the ball within close quarters. I realized whenever they got any kind of penetration, they were looking for him. And as soon as he got it, he was able to put the ball up like. And he has this little. You know, think of the anti-Trey Jemison. Like, Trey Jemison is a big, you know, Greek god-looking guy, strong, dunk on you, uses strength. This is not gross at all. Like, this is not him. He is not the physical freak. He, like you said, he can barely jump. A lot of shots he's putting up, he's barely jumping. Like, he's literally just throwing the ball up there. Yep. But he has great, great touch and great, great hands. So he's able to, every stat sheet I got, and I was looking down each game. He had at least like 11 points, 15 points, 13 points, five for eight, four for seven, you know, nine rebounds. He is consistent and you know what you're going to get with him. So more than likely, no matter how good I be, how good I bigs play, he's going to have like 11 points, annoying little rebounds here and there. But like, how is this dude doing it? But he, he has a great IQ and great hands and great touch. And he's 6'10". You know, he's a good player. I, I like him. So, in um, number 15, he's a guy that has a clip on him, too. Um, he's a shooter. He can he can get hot. Um, that's the other guy. I believe he's going to play the three. And number 24, Wolf, is the guy that I, I feel like actively is playing the four. He's not a guy that – he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to put up big points, but he's a he's a good – He mean, he's just a solid player. He might hit a three here and there. He'll dribble, penetrate. Um, with that being said – I think Southern Miss was a better team, honestly. Um, I, I feel like if we make shots, we win. <laughs> I know this is like a, this is like, of course, if you make shots, you win the game. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if we don't, if we don't turn the ball over like we did, especially if we don't give them the, the opportunities, you can if just put them away. They, if you look down, they have gotten blown out by teams. Um, I saw one game. I saw one game that one team they they lost to North Alabama. You know, I saw that they took an L to North Alabama, eighty-one to seventy-five, I believe, and they had a guard that went off on them from North Alabama. Um, I felt like it was a team that we played, or <sighs> who was the team? I have to look back. It was early in the year, but I, I think they, they played got, West Virginia too. Yeah, West Virginia was the team. They got yeah. curb stomped. Think about like thirty. Yeah, they got <laughs> yeah they got you know, and we were right there with West Virginia to the end. So I think we I think we have better talent. I do think they can attack certain weak spots. I do think you can't take them. They just beat Clemson, you know. Um, they can shoot the ball. They can get hot. But I think they've shown over their year that they can be inefficient. And if uh, we can just rebound, because they're going to miss 
especially if we close out to 15 and three. Close out on those guys. I don't think 24 Wolf is much of a shooter. He's more of a, more of a ball mover. Um, he's a guy for his size. He can be physical. KJ Buffin ought to feast on him. To be real, KJ Buffin is a better rebounder. Um, if he did that to Southern Miss, he can do that to Wolf of Moorhead. So I expect points in the paint to be up high. I expect him to try to focus on that, maybe go to zone. If you go to zone, I expect Jelly to eat. So I expect them to pick their poison, and uh, I don't think they have good options on the poison. So that that was my takeaway on them. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many of us thought that Moorhead State was going to pull off this victory? I mean, kudos to them. Uh, before the game, I was looking at just the probability. So, you know, when you go to the ESPN, you see percentage chance of, of winning the game. They had more had stated like four point something percent chance of winning the game. And I was like, this ain't going to happen. Fifteen and a half point spread. Uh, but hey, that's why they play the game. Right. I would envision that UAB is going to likely be 11, 12 point. It'll favorite. be double. Digit. Yeah, it'll be double. Yeah. Digit. So, you know, it's going to be another game where Ken Palm has this 93 percent chance of winning right now. But hopefully what the coaching staff is telling them is look at look at what they did against Clemson. So one interesting thing about Moorhead State is they're going to run a tempo that's very similar to the Charlottes and the North Texases of the world. And so I think they're going to try to offset, you know, a little bit of their lack of size, you know, and they're going to try to slow the game down. They're not going to want us to get up and run and, and all that stuff. Um, they're contributors. If you look at their team, they don't play a lot. So I think they got like a seven-man rotation. So they're they can't not, afford. Not, no. yeah. yeah. And one I guess solid thing about that, though, for them is that they're very senior led. So we talked about the grad guy, you know, that that's the center. Darian talked about Freeman. That's a senior. I believe seven or excuse me, five out of their seven contributors are seniors. So whether that's with them or they transferred in. So what do you want in March? You want senior led guards that can, you know, to Darian's point, talking about Freeman or that can create shots. So, you know, that's something that we definitely have to work or watch out for. Uh, Darian's already hit on their size. I mean, that's going to be a critical thing. They start four guys that are 6'5 or smaller. And what's crazy is they, the rebounding battle was 40 to 40 with Clemson. Clemson has some dogs down there. They I think do. it's PJ Hall. Yes. You know, so going back to this, we're, we're talking in the last podcast about potentially Trey Jemison getting that homecoming. So Trey Jemison had left the year before you know going into the COVID year and that was if memory serves me right when they were able to get pj hall and if he wasn't a five star he was a four star so you know but during the game they didn't take advantage of that so that, that's something i noticed um you know looking at their shot attempts they clemson kind of got baited in if you ask me like early in the game they were taking a lot of threes Morehead state they're going to take a lot of threes as well I think it's going to be critical that we don't bait ourselves into taking a high-volume three-point shooting contest with Moorhead State because they've got some guys that can hit shots. And instead, what we should do is what we've been talking about, you know, in our last podcast, what we kind of wished was the, you know, the scheme going into FAU is give it to Buffin and give it to Trey. So their two bigs, uh, Clemson against Moorhead State, they were a combined nine of 13 from two point range. And I think that's roughly 70%, but then they looked like they shot, I think it was one for eight from three. So they were stretching these bigs out, you know, however tall they are, six ten, where, you know, instead of shooting the 
you know, percentile down low or within two point range, they were dragging them out. Hey, let me shoot some threes too. Let's not fall into that trap. Like let's give the ball to KJ, let him work, give the ball to Trey, let him work. Um, and, and really just dominate the glass, be as physical as we possibly can bring JV and in. they just do not have the size to match us. And so, you know, ultimately we're going to be double digit, you know, point favorites. We should win the game, but to make sure we do so, we need to stick to the game plan. That's to get the ball down low and do not get in a three-point shooting contest is, is my thoughts. Well, when you say don't get into three-point shooting contest, I would say don't get into jacking those shots. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. You, If you want to take away our inside game, if you leave, if you're giving Jelly that gap, Jelly's back at the, he's back in that mode that if you give him some space, and that, that was my problem when he wasn't patient enough against FAU. I felt like like the first basket of the game was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was off a pick and roll. They attacked uh, Golden, Victor Golden, had him bagging up enough space. It's all Jelly needs. It's almost automatic every time. After that, I don't know why we went away from that. And we when we kind of just, you know, was just jacking up contested threes. If they're going to give us open, especially Jelly. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna give jelly open threes, hey man, yeah, I volume you all the time because we're gonna green light carry you. <laughs> you know if you do that, so I think it's pick and choose the threes that you're mm-hmm. gonna take. Don't don't get baited like P- there's no way PJ Hall. I don't care if he can shoot or not. You talk about Hall, dog. I saw them. Th- he's an NBA player. They threw him mm-hmm. the ball. I saw him drop step, turn, and dunk the ball with one hand and hang on the rim. Mm-hmm. explosive like oh like oh my god like this why why won't they just give him the ball every time yes but like jimmy said they baited him and made mm-hmm. him so i don't i don't i like kj taking two to three threes a game but they may be content with just let him shoot that to his heart desire and yeah. for them make a miss that's a win you know because that keep him away from banging down low don't mm-hmm. fall for that you know, mix it up inside and uh, we'll be good. Don't. Yeah. And I hope that we at halftime, we're sitting with a nine, 10, 11, 12 point lead, because again, the longer this game goes in, like the longer we get into the game, the closer it is, they're going to slow down the tempo. They will bleed the clock. Um, but how cool was it? Uh, I was watching the game and, and now my spouse and I were in here watching the game. I was like, I never cheered so loud for an Ohio Valley conference in my life i'm just screaming like let's go and uh they hit clutch free throws darian talked about it earlier it was like 90 plus percent mm-hmm. and clemson just fumbled mm-hmm. it away they had so many mm-hmm. opportunities to do what they needed to do moorhead was trying to get you know they were letting them stay close enough to where clemson could you know climb that hill but uh zero freeman he went to the line he hit four or five like clutch free throws there right at the end like so and, and Clemson were breaking them babies back yeah. to back. I was like, oh yeah. my God, this is really happening. So it's crazy. At the end of the day, it's a make a it's make a miss league, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, I think the Clemson game is going to be a great film session for the coaching staff because you know Jimmy was mentioning earlier um, the rebound was forty forty. You know, both teams had forty rebounds, but it goes back to Darian's point earlier that Moorhead was playing a lot of zone that game that's kind of how you know they spread out Clemson and they just kind of got lucky with some rebounds so if UAB can attack the zone then we're gonna be good and when you got KJ Buffin playing the way he did the other night I think UAB is gonna be fine 
And instead of us focusing on transition baskets, I think we really need to focus on crashing those offensive boards, seeing loving in there, seeing gains in there. Gangs try to fly in there and dunk on somebody's head. You know, gross can't jump. You get in there and catch one off the rim. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good positional rebounder. I'm going to get that to him. Like, he's a – I love a guy that uh, maximizes his tools, right? So, like, players like gross, like, I, I, I really respect. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he can only – he can only do so much, but he's going to do that so much every time, you know? So I respect that. But um, if we play like how we play with our athleticism and our size, like guys like Taven Lovin has a physical, I feel like he has a physical uh, mismatch. Like he, this is a game that he can get downhill and we can let our athleticism shine and um, we can let our size shine. And in that way, we can get let jelly shine because it's like you're gonna have to give up something, so either shooting or whatever. And it, it, I know y'all were saying fumbling, fumbling away. I, I'm sorry. I know y'all saw that Virginia game. <laughs> what Ooh, Furman, man. Pass. I was like, what the? I, I watched it like 20 times. Like I can't believe he, he just, just threw that ball up there. Why? Man. Why? Like, can y'all please help me? I this is totally off topic, but this is bothering me. Were they I, out of timeouts? I didn't. I mean, I saw the last timeout. play. They had a timeout. Wow. Yeah. wow. He just yeah. threw the ball. He's a senior. He he. Did y'all see that? Like in 2019, he had probably the most important pass to send him to the national championship. He had like. Yeah, I didn't see that. And then and and then this year it's it's just crazy to like because I think that was his freshman year and they were able to go into overtime to get to the national championship when Virginia went in 2019. And this game, this dude just yoloed the ball. Like I was like, what the hell was that? Oh it was a it was a duck and it got picked off. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I don't it's crazy. Hey, I'm sorry. That was off topic. Well well, speaking of random stuff, we can't not talk about the butt slap with the ref and the coach of Moorhead State, right? Did y'all see that video? I did not see oh, that. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, that yeah, was awesome. Y'all got y'all to gotta look this up. So referee Teddy Valentine and the Moorhead State coach Preston Spradlin exchanged butt slaps in the bizarre sequence. So the ref gave it to the Moorhead State coach, and he turned around, and, I mean, he – he looked like he was like, damn, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check. It was very awkward there. And yeah, so he liked hope, it hope, a lot or something. I don't know. Ho- hopefully their coach is going to be all right. You know, he might. <laughs> <laughs> well, real, hey, real quick, kind of closing this out, though, just some quick stats. You know, Moorhead's ranked 234th in Kim Palm. They're 228 in the net. Uh, last episode, we talked about the luck factor that Kim Palm uses, uh, the luck rating. And how Southern Miss was pretty lucky, like they're in the 20s or 30s, something like that. Moorhead State is number one, <laughs> number one. So they they've had a you know they've been really lucky. Um, and as Jimmy mentioned earlier, the tempo, their Kim Palm has it at three four 343rd uh, tempo, and just for comparison, North Texas is 363, so not too far off. So, hey Natalie. <laughs> Natalie making an appearance on the pod. Yeah. So she was cheering for more head state last night. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I, I ain't gonna lie, when you name out the when you when you kind of like spell out the stats, I try not to I try to look at the team first and then go to the stats. But when you you know, like mm, the luck right into the camp home, I'm like, eh, you're gonna kinda be like, oh, that kind of trash. But you know, looking at them. 
they're a quality team. They beat Clemson in a game that mattered. I think that's what that's the big thing. So and they um they can Look, if you give them an opportunity, they'll they'll run with it. Mm-hmm. And they were down fifteen in that game at Clemson and came back. Yeah. So kudos to them. So then they go down early too. It was like ten mm-hmm. or twelve oh or something like that. And it Clemson seemed like, came out firing, man. I was uh I had it on my phone while I was running. I turned it off after it got up like ten, eleven points. I was like, I know what this is gonna be. And so I was absolutely shocked. What what was it, like two points at the half? And the whole time I was like, there's just no way. Like, there's no way this Power 5 team is going to lose Morehead State, who's happy to be there. Again, I mean, take it for what it's worth. But I, I don't think Clemson had the motivation. They had like uh, – they had maybe 25, 2,600 fans there at the game, you know, at a Power 5 school. So, I don't I don't think they were with it. And, and that's why we just – we can't – that had to be our wake-up call. So, it ain't, yeah. ain't going to happen to us. They kept firing away. They kept firing yeah. away, and then they made those. You know, now that you say how uh, how much they jumped up early, they only made six threes in the game. Two or three of those threes were probably in the first three minutes. Yes. So for the rest of the game, they probably only made three threes. The thing is, they kept shooting them. They kept kept missing. So, and you got guys like PJ Hall down there that literally can just turn around and dunk on their head like he did, and um. Yeah, like you said, so this should be a wake-up call. Great, great, great film to watch. And um, honestly, if we're on our game, we should win by double digits. Um, if not, they're gonna they're gonna catch us. They're gonna catch us slipping, and we can lose this game if um, we take it too lightly. Well, not to like look ahead, but if we were to win, John, what's that potential matchup looking like afterwards in the bracket? Yeah. Yes, so looking at the bracket, if UAB beats Moorhead State on Sunday, they'll face the winner between Vanderbilt and Michigan. They'll play Mm -hmm. Saturday at 11. So, Blazer fans, if you want to peep ahead, you know, get a quick look at both of those teams. Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time, Vanderbilt and Michigan. So, ESPN, too. Bring on on Vandy if if we win it, because didn't Southern Miss beat Vandy at Vandy? They did. That's Yep, they did. Hey, and Vandy's a hey Nashville's not too far away, man. So I BVP road trip. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it, <laughs> man. Will, will, will Natalie go with you if you if you were doing that? Hey, with the with the kiddo, I'll be lucky if Natalie lets me go. But <laughs> if I go, it'll probably be with my dad. <laughs> we'll probably just hop in the truck and and, and drive up. Uh, BVP, look at us. We are all just guys that get permission from wives, man. It's it's a cold world. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, but hey, we gotta take care of business first Sunday. So everybody take care more head state. Yeah, everybody. Hey, please. You know, students, you should be coming back. You know, spring break's over with. Why Sunday afternoon? What else are you doing Sunday afternoon? I know you're not studying. You know, <laughs> spring break. So come to Bartow. Uh, go to uabsports.com or call the ticket office. Let's pack out Bartow um, because this will be the last home game of the year. Like, no matter who wins between Vandy and Michigan, it's going to be on the road. So this will be your last opportunity to see Jelly, Trey, Taven, KJ, all the seniors. So definitely make it out to Bartow if you can. Hey, the, and the dream is still alive. Like, North Texas got a dub. Maybe they get another dub. Keep winning, North Texas. Come on, let's let's meet each other in that championship. We can really we can have that rubber match. In Vegas. That's right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's put all this to rest. Like we gotta keep on far. That should be our that should be why we should want to win this ch- tournament, just to meet 
our our hate for each other should power us to meeting each other in the championship. They got a much tougher second round game than us. Sam Houston State. Sam mm-hmm. Houston State. I think they've won like twenty five plus games too, and that's future conference USA team, Sam Houston State. So let's make sure that in that game, uh, that the American takes care of business, future American team, North Texas. Um, and let's just keep marching towards championship. Tyler Perry, Jelly Walker, the Twitter battles. I can already just hear the I can already hear Darian clapping back. I'm right on the now. front People line. Like, <laughs> Shots fired again. I'm ready for it. Hey, we'll have to do if we get to a championship game, we're gonna have to hop on the Mean Green podcast or North Tech Refer do a cross podcast. And, oh man, and that's gonna that be going. the most that's gonna be the most toxic, toxic, hostile yeah. podcast you're gonna be able to find <laughs> That's man. what the people want. That's what the people want though. <laughs> it's like Avengers in game stuff. So like we'll see, man. What's the Avengers? Oh no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just oh, I'm no. just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I couldn't even I don't do that. I couldn't even respond, man. I just looked at him. Darren had me excited about talking about secession. New season coming out soon, right? Um, so this I just got on and I'm on season two. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, John the John doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, hey, me and my wife, Elizabeth, we're we're watching you. So we're about to finish up the last season of you. We're in that too, yep. Yeah, so I watched the first two seasons of you. I kind of just, you know, I kind of have to get back into it. Um, but you is a good show. Uh, maybe, maybe we just need to come up with another podcast where we have random topics that we talk about because it, it flows really easily. And bring the wives on. Let's bring the wives on. Oh yeah, we can bring the wives on. What what what? I mean, I mean, I guess you can talk about pregnancy. And, uh, what 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 would the wives talk about? I mean, shows, kids, huh? kids shows, getting their hair did. I don't know. <laughs> Are we sounding sexist right now? We're <laughs> <laughs> we talking like, about basketball, Darian. Natalie's very uh, into the games. My wife is not going to talk about basketball. <laughs> like she doesn't know. <laughs> 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 y- y'all can't see the chat right now. Y'all don't, no, y'all don't no, 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 no. <laughs> Would that go repeat, John? No. Would that go repeat? <laughs> well, on that note, uh, guys, we hope to see you at Bartow Arena Sunday at 2 o'clock as UAB takes on Moorhead State in the NIT second round. But, Darren, want to go ahead and send us out, buddy? Blazer Nation, let's ride.